The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we set? All right. Very shortly, Pastor B is going to be here. Praise God. Amen. All right. How many of you remember what we talked about yesterday? We talked about what? Divine what? Glory to God. The necessity for divine encounters. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. Acts of Apostles, chapter number 26 and verse 14 to 19. That's our theme scripture. Amen. We examine that again. All right, Acts 26. Fourteen. Can we read one to go again? It says, And when we were all falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest what? Thou me. And it says, and uh, it says, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Fifteen, everybody read one to go. It says what? No, that, that's not everybody. Can we read one to go? All right. And I said, who are thou, Lord? Uh-huh. All right, next verse. Uh-huh. All right, 17 says what? All right, so we now found that we saw that this was an encounter that Paul had with the Lord Jesus Christ, all right, that he continually made reference to whenever folks asked him why he was doing what he was doing. Hallelujah. All right, we saw and we said that men are a product of encounters. The direction a man's life goes is a function of the potency and the vibrancy of the encounters of the God kind he has had. Praise God. Men are a product of encounters. The direction a man's life goes in is a function of the potency and the vibrancy of the encounters of the God kind that this man has had. Hallelujah. Encounters become a reference point for persuasions and your decisions. Encounters become a reference point for your persuasions and your decisions. We said there are two things an encounter does for you. It gives you courage. Praise the Lord. It gives you courage and it gives you what? Conviction. Amen. Then we went deeper and talked about what when we looked at um, the encounter Moses had with the angel of the Lord in Exodus chapter number 3 and we looked at seven things an encounter with God would do for you. We said number one, it gets your attention on the eternal away from the mundane. We said, number two, it increases your consciousness of the voice and presence of God. Number three, it magnifies the revelation of the nature, power, and character of God. Number four, we said it clarifies God's eternal purpose for your life. Number five, it shows you your office, place, and mission field. Number six, it gives an assurance of God's abiding presence with you. And number seven, it ushers you into the realm of signs and wonders. So those you are sent to will believe. You know, you notice something that with Moses, God told him exactly the signs. Praise God. 
if you look at Exodus chapter number 4, turn to Exodus chapter number 4 and verse 1. God showed him exactly the signs that he will wrought through him, all right, through which the people would be convinced that God assented. Look at it. He says, and Moses answered and said, can we read one to go? He says what? But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord hath not what? Appeared unto thee. Next verse. He says what? What is that in thy hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. All right, next verse, verse uh, 4. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand. Can you see specific instructions? Specific instructions. No assumptions. It is by these signs. And he showed him how to walk the signs. Are you following? He showed him how to walk the signs. Many times, when we have a lot of questions, the questions that we have is a revelation of whether or not we've had an encounter we got concerning our what? Our mandate and our mission. The kind of questions we have actually shows that we have to pray more because without those clear encounters with God, hallelujah, we will never know what we're supposed to do. Then we now begin to look around us trying to copy and paste. Amen. How can you try and be wanting to copy and paste the instruction another man is following as a result of his own encounter with God? Praise God. The pastor Chris has an encounter with God. God says, have night of bliss. You say, okay, you didn't have an encounter. You now want to copy and paste. You say your own is day of bliss. Or morning of bliss. Or morning bliss. Thinking that the power is in the bliss. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Clear-cut instructions. This is what you are supposed to do. He says, and the Lord said unto Moses, he gave him two signs. He says, put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. All right? And he put forth his hand and cut it and it became a rod in his hand. Hallelujah. Number five. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob appeared unto thee. Now, next verse. Verse six says what? All right? He says, uh, can we read? He says what? And the Lord said, furthermore unto him, put nine thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was what? Leprous as what? Snow. Verse 7. Now pay attention. And he said, put thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again. And plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was torn again as his other flesh. Now verse 8. Pay attention. He now says, and it shall come to pass. If they will not believe thee, Neither akin to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the what latter sign. So God gave Moses enough supernatural proof to convince those he was sent to. I was a divine encounter. Very, very important. Very, very important. Very, very important. Divine encounters. Divine encounters. Now. Encounters with God never ever leaves you the same. They never leave you the same. And one thing about divine encounters, ever pay attention, do not be distracted. Please. And one thing about divine encounters is this they leave an indelible mark on your subconscious. They leave an indelible mark 
on your mind. Like I said yesterday, if you cannot put a date to it, it was not an encounter. You can never forget it. You can never forget it. For example, personally, I remember, I remember, oh, two, year 2000, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, you can never forget it. I cannot forget a fire conference we had in a place called Osu, you know, Osu, uh, former now, I don't know what they've called it, maybe on Abanjo or something, something, but it was a university then in Ogun State. I can never forget it. I can't forget the several times when I've gone for ministry, minister's conferences with Pastor Chris being there, all right? Or the ones I told you, Reverend George, and with my pastor. I can't forget it. I can't forget the personal times of prayer when I have visions of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost will fill my room while I was praying there. And I'll lay prostrate on the floor. Having been slain by the Spirit without anyone laying hands on me. Glory to God. I cannot forget it. I cannot forget it. They leave an indelible mark on your consciousness. You come out of those encounters with conviction. Praise the Lord. You come out of those encounters with conviction. When someone asks you, why are you doing what you're doing? What is your confidence based on? You know that you know. Hallelujah. Now let's continue. Men run on divine mandates and assignment on the back of encounters. It is what drives convictions. So how do you have these encounters? For a believer, it's a bit different in the New Testament than it was in the Old Testament. Because the believer is the house of God. So God does not visit you. God inhabits you. Hallelujah. So because God inhabits you, you should be, hallelujah, having supernatural experiences regularly. Amen. What should be natural or what should you should not be used to is the natural. You should be more conscious of the supernatural than you have natural. Why? Because you're a house of God. Now look at this. First Corinthians quickly. First Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 16. 3, 15 and 16. We're going to make it as simple as possible today. Glory to God. Now what does he say? First Corinthians 3. He says, if any man walk shall be born, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. Verse 16, everybody says, know ye not that you are the what? Temple of what? Of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth where? In you. The Spirit of God dwells where? Talk to me, church. The Spirit of God dwells where? In you. So God lives in you. Right now. Right now. Amen. Not a part of the Holy Ghost. No. 100% of God's presence is in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say that I'm a house of God. Say I am the house of God. This is why we say we are the house of God. We're not talking about the people. We're talking about the house of God. We are talking about the believer. The believer is the eternal habitation of God. Well, you know what divine encounters does for you? You get to a point where you know that you know that you know. Praise God. Oh, okay. Man of God, upstairs? Okay. You know that you know that you know that you know. Hallelujah. You know, Jacob said one thing, one powerful thing. He said that God was in this place and I did not what? Know it. There are many people that carry God, but they don't know it. They don't know it. 
like the book of Psalms says, he said, they know not, neither do they what? Understand. So they walk on what? As men. They die like men. They walk on in darkness. But I have said, here are what? God. And all of you are what? The children of the Most High. Yeah, we can talk about the context of that God says Elohim. Some say, oh, it's judges. I know. But he's, he's definitely saying that there was something they suffered because of what they did not know. Praise God. Now, because we are the house of God, we produce divine encounters. So that's why we come for a meeting like this. And we gather like this. We're praying. We're lifting our hands. Hands are being laid on us. Hallelujah. Divine encounters are being produced. Words of prophecies are uttered by the Spirit. Divine encounters are being produced. Hallelujah. Because we are the house of God. Amen. All right. I was just told that my pastor is around. Praise God. Can we just let him know that we're excited? Just give. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So the believer is the house of God. Hallelujah. The believer is born of God. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse 22 to 23. He's born of God. 1 Peter 1, 22, 23. The house of God. He's born of God. Glory to God. Amen. Born of God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now 23. Everybody want to go. It says what? Being what? Born again. Not of what? Corruptible seed. But of what? Incorruptible. By the word of God which liveth and what? Abideth forever. So you are the house of God. You are born of God. Hallelujah. Say I'm, I'm the house of God. I'm born of God. Glory! Hallelujah! The house of God. You are born of God. No, I'll, I'll bring him up in a second. Alright, you are born of God. Then he says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Praise God. 1 John 3 1. Can we read everybody? 1 to go. It says what? Behold, what manner of love the Father our Lord bestowed upon us, that we should be what? Called the sons of God. House of God. Son of God. Sons of God. Say that. House of God. Born of God. Sons of God. Now you see, you can read it and it can be like a memory verse to you. Then you can have an, a divine encounter with that revelation. Such that it regulates everything that you do. You say, wait a minute. I'm the, I'm the house of God. That means whenever someone is looking for God, they just need to locate me. Because I am his residence. When someone says, glory to God, you say God exists, well, prove it. You say, I'm proof. Glory to God. Amen. You say, bring God down from heaven. You say, it's not necessary. God is here in me. Praise God. You are the proof of the resurrection of Jesus. You are the proof that God is real. Hallelujah. It is on the bedrock of that revelation that divine encounters, you know, come forth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to wrap up real quickly. Oh, the papers are getting much. Okay. All right. Just a minute.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you pastor getting too much. So what was I saying? Yes. The Son of God, the proof of Christ's resurrection. Your proof that God is real. Amen. So that means, or this means that any encounter a believer has comes from within his realm. Hallelujah. Now, when we're talking about the realm, for example, the realm of the spirit is not up in the sky. The realm of the spirit is within the physical realm. So as we are here, angels are here. Are you following what I'm saying? How, what happens? How is it that you don't get to see an angel? It's not that um, the angel came joining. No, no, no. What happens is God opens your own eyes and adjusts your visual acuity such that you are able to see beyond the physical realm. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise God. So you now begin to see what's already there, all right? But you were kept from seeing because your eyes have a limit to what they can see. But your spiritual eyes don't have limits. Are you seeing that? So when you have divine encounters, you are not encountering a realm that is strange to you. Glory to God. It's a realm that is what? Within you. Because the Holy Ghost lives on your inside. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. He encounters. So the, any encounter a believer has comes from within his realm. He encounters the person, the presence and power of God that already lives in him. Now we can learn from the Old Testament examples the protocol for this. As the things written in the Old Testament were written for our learning. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Quickly. I don't know, in five, six minutes, I'll be done. Romans 15, 4, can we really go there? It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our what? Learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have what? Might have hope. So we are to learn from Old Testament patterns and examples. So when we look at the, uh, from Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, we find out that Elijah locates Elisha. Elisha was a farmer. He was a wealthy farmer. Praise God. A wealthy farmer. Then Elijah comes and says, God has called you to ministry. Look at it. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Can read verse 20, everybody? One to go. It says what? And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Notice he had the call of God and he left his business. Praise God. Alright? And said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again, for what have I done to thee. 21. Next verse. Quickly. Alright. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instrument of the oxen and gave unto people that, that, that they did it. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Now. And what? Ministered unto him. Now notice what we talked about on day one. That impartation is not what? Impersonal. Remember that. So you find out that there was a relationship, a connection between Elisha and Elijah. And one cardinal thing was, before Jordan, where the portion of the Spirit came upon, the double portion of the Spirit came upon Elisha, what we found was that during that period between the calling and descending, Elisha was what? Ministering to Elijah. He was pouring water on the hands of Elijah. Are you following? Are you following? 
Usually, you are going to find that when God calls you to stand in an office, he will send you, all right, to pour water in on the hands of someone that is currently standing in that office. Praise the Lord. You will see that. You will see. You will see Paul was called in 13 years. He didn't go on his first apostolic mission. All right. What was he doing? He was delivering rice and bread to Jerusalem from Antioch. That was what Paul was doing. Praise God. He was teaching and he said, and he was, you know, taking relief to the saints in Jerusalem. For three and a half years, the apostles of Jesus, what were they doing? They were his bodyguards. He was sending them to book, um, book rooms for conferences. Hallelujah. Yeah, it was for three and a half years they served. When you think calling to ministry, think service first. Hallelujah. Think what? Service first. Many a times when we hear calling to ministry, we think overseer, geo, big man of God. No, think service what? First. God can call you as a drummer and you will drum for five more years, ten more years before you hold mic. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. These are the things we need to understand. We need to understand. We need a servant's heart. Because when God first called Elisha, all right, to take the place of Elijah, we find out that he was called to serve. Praise God. He was called to what? To serve. Then look at 2 Kings chapter number 2 and verse 9. Praise God. Now, this was the reference point. Remember, a divine encounter is a what? A reference point. You will always refer to it. On so-so-so day, during LMM 2020, a teaching grace came upon me. On so-so-so day, LMM 2020, an apostolic grace came upon me. On so-so-so day, LMM 2020, a prophetic grace came upon me. This was the day I began to see. This was the day I began to prophesy. This was the day I began to heal the sick. This was the day. This was the day. This was the day. A reference point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter number two. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is LMM 2020 your own LMM? If that is shout hallelujah. A reference point. Look at it. He said, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elisha said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Hallelujah. So, all right, in doctrine of the double portion, what he was actually saying was that he wanted to be the lead prophet after Elijah was gone. Now, notice something. God had called him to be the lead prophet. Praise God. Because if you look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, all right, in preceding verses, God had told Elijah, I want you to anoint three people. Asael, Asael um, as king of Syria, Jehu as king of Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, as prophet in your stead. So God had already said it. But you see, the fact that God has said it about you and called you to be something, you have to have the hunger. Hallelujah. There are some people that are called but do not have any kind of passion, any kind of hunger to see the manifestation and the fulfillment of that call. They are not ready to do what is necessary. So you see, if you read here, you find out that Elijah kept trying to discourage Elisha from following him. So he will say, the Lord has sent me somewhere, stay here. Then Elisha says, uh-uh, no sir. 
I am going with you. As the Lord lives, wherever you go, I go. Where you go, I go, I go. You understand? Anywhere, I must see the, I must stay to the end of this journey. Hallelujah. There is something about spiritual hunger that tells you, I'm not leaving this place until I get what I came for. Praise God. No distractions. I came for something. I cannot, I can't, this is my point of no return. I cannot go back to the problems. I cannot go back to the challenges with the same level of grace. I can't go back with the same revelation. I came for something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It does seem to me sometimes that until you get to that point, you don't get to, you don't get the meaty, meaty stuff. You don't get the best stuff. If you're like a desiccant and you're lazy and you're sitting down as though you came to a McDonald's restaurant and you want customer experience, customer service, and everybody to teach you like a king and like a prima donna, you're not going to get anything. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, that was hard, a hard thing. Nevertheless, ever say nevertheless. Ever say nevertheless. If thou see me when I am taking what from thee, it shall be unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. So what Elijah, Elijah is telling him is that if you are able to see the word invincible, if you are able to see what the other sons of prophets around will not see, then it means that you have it. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Entrance into new levels is a function of what you have seen. You notice, after this happened, Elisha did not have any more questions. Hallelujah. The Bible said he saw Elijah taking off. And Elijah, the mantle of Elijah fell off him. And Elisha picked up the mantle. All right. He saw it. So he was like, I saw it. It must mean that I have it. He didn't wait to fall under the power. There's nothing wrong. With you can fall under the power. But if, you are, if, you're, if, you're, if your perception has not changed. Hallelujah. You remain the same. Amen. Nothing physically. He didn't shake. No, nothing like that. He, he just saw it. Hallelujah. And said, I saw it, no problem. He picked it up. He picked up the mantle of Elisha and said, we did not take a boat to cross this river. Hallelujah. There was a grace at work that parted this river when we were coming. Hiya. Glory to God. There is a level when doors open to you according to their accord. There is a level where rivers part for you according to their accord. You understand? There is a level where you have to consult. You have to lobby. You have to call this person. Call that person. Call this person. But there is another level where they call you to help you. They are looking for you to help you. Karamasanda. <laughs> Praise God. When you have encounters with God, the way people relate to you will change. We change. You change. So Elisha, alone, no Elijah around. Hallelujah. He takes the mantle and he strikes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That Jordan, Jordan recognizes the grace. Glory to God. 
It's amazing what happens when a man is hungry for God. When a man is really, 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 really hungry. That hunger will drive you to go without food. That hunger will drive you to go without water. You will say, hey, I want to encounter this thing. I want to have this thing for real. I am tired of joking around. I am tired of packaging. I am tired of trying to dress it up. Hallelujah. That's what it is not. I want the real thing. Praise God. You've printed ivy, designed everything, 10,000 copies, handed it out. You gave the chickens, you gave the pigs, you've, everything, you've done every single thing. They did not come. Are you following what I'm saying? They didn't come. Then the ones that came, you follow them up, said them what's up. Listen to me, there needs to be a new level. Hallelujah. The Bible says about Jesus, after praying all night, the Bible says, they came to tell him, Lord, all men seek thee. All men seek thee. All men seek thee. There is something that causes men to seek you. Praise God. Where, oh glory to God. Where you get to that point? Because as a believer, you are the house of God. If you are the house of God, it means you are the gate of heaven. Are you following? You are the gate of heaven. You are the entry point. You are the access. When they come to you, they should have spiritual, supernatural verities they eat, they drink, and they taste of. Hallelujah. 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 Born again, sister. Brothers are coming. What do they find when they come to you? Born again, brother. When they come, what do they find when they come to you? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do they describe your eyes as living wells of love? Do they see the eyes of Jesus when they look into your eyes? Do they hear the voice of Jesus when they hear you speak? Is that what they encounter? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eat your hunger. Elijah said, I'm not leaving you though. Elijah, I'm not leaving until I got what I came for. Praise God. I had a voice that told me that I should follow you. When you said, come, I left all and came. You cannot go and leave me with religion. And you go with the real thing. No, sir. I want a real thing too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do we have anyone hungry here? Rise up on your feet and lift your hands and begin to pray. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.